Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. <laughs> with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. There's a famous French saying, you probably heard it along the way, called the more things change, the more they remain the same. Then there's no better example than the COVID pandemic we've all been living with for two years. And how does it change? Well, almost constantly. They all change constantly. They keep adapting. But the basic facts of viral transmission remain the same. China sent the world a holiday gift of COVID back in December of 2019 by permitting international flights out of Wuhan while they curtailed their own domestic air and rail travel because they knew they had a virus on their hands, an epidemic. And so the virus made its way to Italy, to New York City, London, Los Angeles, and Moscow. Now even the tiny Pacific Islands have cases. That's how viruses work. By the way... Governor Cuomo, since disgraced, had the nerve to say the virus never came from China. It came from Italy. Remember that? That's another thing that bastard said. But let's not lose the picture here. As a scientist myself trained in epidemiology as part of my Ph.D. work, I've watched the same story unfold time after time after time. Anyone listening to this remember the quote German measles? Yeah, that's what children caught when I was a child. It was OK in those days to name the country of origin called the German measles. Now it's racist to mention the uh, country of origin because of the vermin running everything. 30 odd years ago, I tried to publish a book entitled Immigrants and Epidemics, but this idea got canceled because it might hurt somebody's feelings. In the 1980s, I watched my beautiful city of San Francisco being ravaged by a disease that came from Africa. It was called AIDS. Dimwitted public policymakers, you may have heard of one of them, Tony Fauci, and he's still around, by the way, which is unheard of. He pushed expensive and dangerous drugs like AZT in preference to cheap and effective public health measures. Simple public health measures such as quarantines and border closures are very effective for controlling the spread of diseases. I was the first in the media to recommend curtailing flights from China in January of 2020. And I told that to President Trump when he called me. Trump listened, but was castigated as xenophobic for doing so by Nancy Pelosi and the other bigoted xenophobes themselves. Meanwhile, the politicians at the CDC did nothing, and Tony Fauci, the drug peddler, was rubbing his hands together in anticipation of huge drug profits for his favorite company startup, Moderna. Did you know that? How about this one? Have you heard about this one? During Barry Obama's reign of terror and reign of error, he allowed thousands of Honduran immigrants to enter without any kind of health screening, and they brought in Zika-infected mosquitoes, some of them carrying enterovirus D68, a really terrible virus with a cruel twist that causes paralysis, especially for little children. It mimics polio and can be debilitating or even fatal. It was swept under the rug by the vermin in the media. The CDC gave it a name, acute flaccid myelitis, but may believe they didn't know where it came from. They said unclear and unproven, 
but we all know it was connected to the EVD-68 carried into the U.S. by Hondurans. It should have been called the Honduran paralysis. How do I know this is true? The connection between this virus was proven in a 2015 research study you're going to hear more about on this podcast. For eons of time, humans on the move have brought killer diseases to new populations that proceeded to die in droves because they don't have any immunity. It happened in North America. It happened in the Pacific Islands. Europeans immune to smallpox brought it to indigenous people, not from racism, but from simple ignorance. Well, we're not ignorant anymore. And as I said at the beginning, the more things change, the more they remain the same. But even the most globalist of the globalists have now shut down international travel in response to the new Omicron COVID variant. It's too late, of course. But have they learned a valuable lesson about borders, language and culture? Time will tell. I'm Michael Savage. Remember where you learned all of this from. Let's start today with a look back to October 2018. In this segment, I talk about people with a rare polio-like illness, acute flaccid myelitis. And the CDC was not talking about causation. They would not talk about where it came from. All they said was wash your hands with soap and water. They wouldn't give us information on where it came from. Wash their hands is the best they can do. In this segment, I'm going to talk about people in at least 22 states have come down with a rare polio-like illness, another neurological disease called acute flaccid myelitis, AFM mostly in children. Now, the CDC is not reporting on any causation whatsoever. They tell you to wash your hands with soap and water. Gee, that's brilliant. That's really brilliant. You know, the one thing I wanted to do, which I don't want to do anymore before Trump became president, was I wanted to run the CDC. I would have cleaned that place out like a clocksmith cleans out a clock that isn't running right. I would have gotten rid of all the dead weight, stealing all of the money for bad science and corrupt science and political science. Why are we not seeing any relationship between where this polio-like illness AFM is coming from? What do you mean they don't know? Wash your hands with soap and water? That's the best thing our best scientists can give us? Well, let's ask ourselves some questions. A couple of years back, your good friend Barack Obama flooded America with Honduran refugees. Remember he was bringing them in by the train load through Mexico? Train loads of young women and babies and infants who will never work in this country. Never! permanent wards of the state now before that there had been no zika in america remember that little disease called zika but you see it was endemic in honduras zika was endemic in honduras and obama by flooding america with millions i am maybe millions i don't know how many hundreds of thousands of immigrants he brought in zika virus and nothing ever was said about it by the vermin in the media well now we have afm a polio-like illness who are destroying children in 22 states. And again, the dummies in the media who are science illiterates, gee, I don't know. The, the CDC tells us there's no known cause. Wash your hands with soap and water. You hear? So let's look into this. By the way, welcome, free thinkers, wherever you are. We are a dying breed in an age of thought control. That's right. Free thinkers are a dying breed in thought control. So the headline is Trump threatens to cut USA to Honduras over immigrants, right? Trump threatens to cut U.S. aid to Honduras over immigrants. Now, I was asked this morning, what would you do to stop the flood of Hondurans that are asking to cross from Mexico into America and, again, suck the nation dry? Well, here's an answer to that question. Didn't we just cut a deal with Mexico called NAFTA? Wasn't it highly touted by the Trump administration as a great cure-all for all of our problems with Mexico? 
Yeah, we're told, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful for America. Well, since Mexico is now our partner in everything and everyone's happy, we have to say to Mexico, okay, you've got to stop them in Mexico because they have to transit through your nation. And we will provide the funding to build housing and detention facilities for all the Hondurans in Mexico. But they're not coming into America. They are not crossing our border. And you're going to stop them with the Mexican military. And you're going to give them the detention that they need and the care that they need. But we're not taking them. Now, tell me what's wrong with that idea. Nothing's wrong with the idea, but I'm not in power. I'm only a talk show host. I should say, what do I know? I know everything. I know everything about a lot of things and nothing about some things. Let me tell you that right now. And so the fact of the matter is, that's a logical conclusion, isn't it? I said it's a logical way to stop the flood of Hondurans who are coming in, who are amassing to cross our border and suck our welfare system dry and destroy our hospitals again. Again, take everything from the American people, the schmucks who take everything. We may as well be invaded by a foreign army. So you look at the Hondurans, there's an awful lot of young men of military age on, the, on that mile of the, of the caravan. Caravan, were they coming in by camel? Although they're calling it a caravan. No, you stop them in Mexico. The Mexicans stop them in Mexico. We provide Mexico with the money to build sane, logical, humane housing for them of a very primitive order. We're not giving them a, a three-level, a three-bedroom, two-bath color television house. Basic barracks, like your soldiers live in. And they'll get much better care than they do in Honduras. And then when they're better, send them home. That's simple. The world has to understand that no first-rate nation can take in all of the world's poor. It's impossible. Now, that's what the communists would like you to believe, that we should all share everything. I would say start with Bernie Sanders' million dollars last year. Let him give it away, then I'll believe a word he says. The day Bernie Sanders gives away the money he's making on his communism, is the day I'll believe a word any of them say. But again, okay, so what's this rare polio-like illness? Where is it coming from, AFM? You have to dig very hard to get any answers on this at all. Because it's very serious. It can lead to paralysis and death in children. On October 4th, health officials in Minnesota announced that six children contracted AFM, acute flaccid myelitis, which is polio-like. Now, the CDC has been investigating this increase in AFM, which began in 2014, but they don't know why it's happening. Therefore, I'd fire the head of the CDC. I'd fire him yesterday. What do you mean he doesn't know? What kind of scientist doesn't know? What are you being paid for? If you don't know, get out of there. What, you like to go to vacations in Thailand and study the sexual habits of horses? So every, every article says the causes of AFM are still unclear. It's unclear. We don't know anything. But it's thought that AFM may be a communicable disease. Really? Well, there's one link. Oh, it may be a communicable disease. And certain viruses, including polio, enteroviruses, adenoviruses, West Nile virus, may even cause AFM. Where'd the West Nile virus come from? It says West Nile. It doesn't say New York virus, does it? I mean, the West Nile virus, where did it come from? Oh, well, you can pretty much see where I'm going with this, right? Well, you understand what I'd, what I'd like to see, which is close the borders, do health screening like was done when your grandfather or grandmother came here, or great-grandfather, when anyone with an illness was quarantined to prevent them from spreading it into the healthy population. Well, those are antiquated ideas. You can quarantine anyone, no matter what disease they have. That would go against the, uh, the sensibilities of the American left. And so the healthy population is an increased risk of diseases like this from these third world countries in plain English.
Common sense would dictate you don't let a diseased person in your country. And common sense, if you have a house or an apartment, would you let someone with a, a communicable disease in your apartment unless you're a moron in San Francisco? In San Francisco, they'd probably sleep with the person with a communicable disease to show what a good leftist they were. They'd embrace them and, and, and kiss them on the lips to show what good, good people they are. That's how sick they are. But if you have a sane nation, you say, no, I don't want to get sick. So what I'm saying to you is there's a relationship between some immigrants from some countries and some diseases. And if you're afraid to say it, then you're now living in the Soviet Union. Remember I told you I ran into a woman last week and just walking around them all, said she's from Hungary. This was shocking when she said this to me. She said, I come from the ex-Soviet Union. And she said, people are more afraid to express themselves politically in America than they were in my country under the Soviet uh, under Soviet rule. I was stunned by it. You're more afraid to express yourself at home or at work than the Soviets were under, under, under Stalin. And I put that on the radio two weeks ago, and I woke up, and there was an article just the other day exactly on that subject, that people in America are terrified to express themselves because of the insane communist left. They're afraid to say one word at work for fear they'll be fired. They're afraid to say anything about anything. So you're now a prisoner in more fear than the, the Soviet era in America today. Yeah, okay, well, what can you do? It's just one man. One man against the world, shoveling you-know-what against the tide. It's very, very difficult odds here. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Listen to me. Immigration and illness is nothing new. I'm going to replay a piece from 2020 where I talked about how pandemics have destroyed nations in the past and how trade actually spreads sickness. There's nothing new under the sun. I want to talk first about how world trade opened the spread of epidemics. You go back to Roman and Han empires, and you will learn that they were self-sufficient in all of their essential commodity needs. And if there was any foreign trade at all in these ancient societies, it was a luxury trade, a luxury trade that was marginal to their everyday needs. However, foreign trade, even in ancient times, contributed to cultural interchange and to the spread of the great world religions, especially Christianity, obviously, and Islam. As a result of trade, that's how it happened. However, there were other less fortunate consequences, particularly the spread of disease as a result of the world trade routes, uh, the spread of disease and pestilence. For example, there were early epidemics like that which devastated Athens in 430-29 BC. It just knocked Athens out, and it may have been transmitted by armies. But their incidence after about 100 BC tells us that both in West and East, they were carried by caravans or merchant shipping from India or tropical Africa. No one really knows the precise character of these diseases, but they fall into two main groups of epidemics, smallpox or measles and bubonic plague. There's no doubt if you study these things that they had devastating effects on vulnerable populations. The Chinese historian Su Ma Kuang wrote of the epidemic of AD, AD 317. He said, quote, one or two out of 100 survived. Now, you hear what I just said? The death rate wasn't 
the death rate was 98%. He said one or two out of 100 survived in those days. Well, who knows how accurate it was, but he means an awful lot of them died. And incidentally, later historians have attributed the um, inability of both China and of Rome to withstand the barbarian onslaughts of the 4th and 5th centuries to the sharp fall in manpower, meaning soldiers, caused by imported pestilences. And, you know, that reminds me of what went on on the aircraft carrier, USS Teddy Roosevelt, where this great captain, a wonderful captain, a hero captain, tried to appeal to the Defense Department, went to his superiors who ignored him. Men were getting, men and women were getting sick of the coronavirus on his aircraft carrier. And as a good captain, he cared about his his crew. And what the bum above him did was chastise him and fire him. Now, many of you misinterpreted that. Oh, he broke the chain of command. He broke the chain of command. He's like, stupid, man. Stop being such dumb followers of following orders like Adolf. I'm going to remind you of something. The ship itself, the Theodore Roosevelt, has a namesake called Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt, ironically, did the exact same thing during a campaign off the coast of Cuba at the turn of the 20th century when his men were being devastated by an epidemic of yellow fever that was uh, rife and rampant, rather, in, uh, in Cuba. And uh, the upper management of the Navy would not listen to Roosevelt when the men were dropping like flies. So what did Teddy Roosevelt do? He went to the Associated Press with his story in order to get some attention. And thus the ship was removed from Cuba, sparing other members of the crew of Yellow Fever. Well, this captain here of our Theodore Roosevelt aircraft carrier did the same thing. They wouldn't listen to him because that's how some military commanders are. They, don't want, they want to sweep problems under the rug. They're bureaucrats. So now he gets fired. The guy who fires him then gets fired for being a bigger schmuck than you can imagine. He not only fires the captain, to cover his tracks, he flies to Guam and gives a lecture aboard the ship to the, the other men and women. And he, he puts down the captain saying he was never fit for command. He was too stupid. Now, I'm going to give you an example of what, what was really involved here. The captain of our Theodore Roosevelt, in order to be the captain of an aircraft carrier, I've always known this. That's why I admire these men. You first have to be a naval, a naval aviator, which means he flew hot jets off and on aircraft carriers while his commander was a helicopter pilot or had been a helicopter pilot. Nothing wrong with that. But a helicopter pilot is not a naval aviator. A naval aviator is in a class of their own. Everybody knows that. And there's no doubt that this putz above him was jealous of him and was afraid that the commander of the, of the Theodore Roosevelt was going to replace him, which he should have, by the way. And I hope that when the dust settles, our defense secretary, who said he's going to review the case, winds up making the commander, the captain of that aircraft carrier who was fired, much higher up in the naval command of, of the military. That's where he belongs. And incidentally, as a side note, he's a local boy. He went to Santa Rosa High School here, the captain of that. Uh, I didn't know the man personally, but, you know, he's a local guy. He went to uh, the local high school here, Santa Rosa High School, and worked his way up in the Navy, Naval Aviator, captain of this aircraft carrier. Very few men are capable of such leadership to uh, run an aircraft carrier, and it was a great loss to this Navy. But, you know, it goes all the way back again. 
forces can be depleted by disease. And right now, our Navy doesn't look like it's immune from the coronavirus, you see. This whole issue of illegal immigrants surging into America is not a new topic. It's an old topic that goes back almost to the founding of the nation. But it's a new topic again because we have more immigrants than we've ever had in the history of America, ever, proportionate to the population. We've taken in more than uh, all the countries on the earth put together. But that's not enough for uh, Dianne Feinstein. She needs more. Gavin Newsom needs more. Governor Cuomo needs more. All the illegitimate who have risen to the top based upon people who don't even know what they stand for and voted for them, they need more of them. We have measles resurging. We have the Honduran flu crippling our children. I know you don't call it the Honduran flu, but that's what the doctors knew it as until the CDC tricked you into thinking it was something new called an unknown virus, polio-like virus, crippling our children, strange virus. EVD-68 sounds complicated, doesn't it? To a virologist, it may be complicated, People with common sense, it's not complicated. The invasion of enterovirus EVD-68, which is crippling our children, was long known as Honduran flu. And then something happened in 2014. Barack Obama brought in these children from Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, by the trainload. Remember the trainloads he brought in? Many of them were infected with uh, enterovirus EVD-68. Oh, yeah, that's how it happened. It, uh, that's how it happened. That's how it enterrowed the United States via illegal children. Then they put them in our schools, in our hospitals, and it became a winner of an illness for the medical immigration establishment. Now, predictably, the medical community and the CDC, the once great CDC, when I was in the university system, the CDC was a great, great place. It was an honor to work there. The best scientists wanted to work in the NIH and the CDC. Centers for Disease Control, Then the AIDS epidemic came along and it got staffed with politicians with stethoscopes. One of them is still there named Anthony Fauci, still there. And he's among those who blame the spread of this rare virus, so-called, on allergies and the start of the school year. Anyone who suggests that uh, the Honduran flu is behind the crippling mysterious virus is is a xenophobe and a moron. Oh, yeah, anyone who says send up Send the children, the unaccompanied minors back home. Why? He's a fascist, a racist, a Hitlerite. Instead, the CDC is recommend that you wash your hands. <laughs> I swear, that's the entire sum of the science in our government today. Wash your hands and don't let anyone sneeze in your face. How's that for an advancement in science? Wash your hands and don't let anyone sneeze in your face. Well, so now we have a resurgence of a disease that was eliminated from the United States in the year 2000 as well. That's called a little thing called measles. 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 Remember that thing called measles? In medical history, measles was first identified as a unique disease by the Persian physician Razis in the ninth century. When he wrote a book called The Book of Smallpox and Measles. I don't know if it was on the uh, Amazon bestseller list. But it was still talking about it 900 years later. Yeah, yes, that's right. Still talking about a book that didn't make it to the Amazon bestseller list. The Book of Smallpox and Measles. 
It's an ancient disease uh, that we once wiped out in this country. By the year 2000, by the way, there was no continuous transmission of measles disease for more than 12 months. And in the year 2000, measles was declared eliminated in the United States of America. Then what happened? Well, a couple of things happened. Let's go back a little bit. In the decade before 1963, when a vaccine became available for, for measles, nearly all children got measles by the time they were 15 years of age. Everyone got it. Three to four million people in the U.S. were infected each year with measles. Also, each year, an estimated 400 to 500 people died from measles. 48,000 were hospitalized for measles. <clears throat> 4,000 suffered encephalitis, swelling of the brain from measles. And then what happened? The introduction of the measles vaccine was one of the most important public health interventions of all time. Great old white male John Enders and his colleagues used the Edmondson B strain of measles, the virus, to create a vaccine in 1963. I realize that occasional cortex didn't uh, invent it. But the old white male John Enders and colleagues used the Edmondson B strain of measles virus to create a vaccine in 1963. Then in 1968, another old white male, Maurice Hilleman and colleagues, developed an improved and even weaker measles vaccine, weaker, but it still worked, called the Edmondson Ender strain. And that has been the only measles vaccine used in the United States since 1968. And then by the year 2000, measles was basically eradicated. And then what happened? Well, I think you can put two and two together. A whole generation of foolish people arose saying vaccines caused autism Vaccines cause this, vaccines cause that, and they didn't vaccinate their children. That's number one. Then you had illegal alien children being put into the schools amongst the unvaccinated native-born population, and the measles uh, epidemic started all over again. And we're in it now, right now. Right now, new cases confirmed in Texas. With measles cases confirmed in Texas, 2019 was already surpassed last year. More than 2,000 people in ICE custody quarantine for contagious diseases amid outbreak. I'm reading some headlines. Measles outbreak in Israel tied to immigration. Measles is no longer endemic to the United States, but it happened in Israel. And why did it happen in Israel? Well, I'll tell you that in a little while, why it happened in Israel, mainly amongst the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community, where an 18-month-old Toddler died. Three-week-old baby got the disease from a mother, put in the hospital. And it's a result of some things happening in Israel to do with immigration. And, of course, the immigration that's out of control in this country is also feeding the measles epidemic, tuberculosis, EVD-68, polio-like complications, and onward and so on. Many of you know that I began my career in radio when I could not get a certain book published called Immigrants and Epidemics. At the time, in the early 90s, I had already published a number of, of uh, good books. And um, the former chairman of, uh, well, I won't say who he is, the former dean of the School of Public Health where I got my doctorate, and I proposed the book on immigrants and epidemics. We thought it would be a snapped-up book, but every publisher said, great idea, but it's too hot to publish. We, we can't do it. I got so pissed off, I made a radio tape, a demo tape. And that's what got me into radio 25 years ago. Now, fast forward to today, Diseases Without Borders is a small ebook I wrote about a year or two ago for the price of a beer. 
because I made it very cheap. I wanted it to be widely read. People didn't know what to do. Two ninety nine on Kindle, the price less than a beer. Diseases Without Borders, boosting your immunity against infectious diseases from the flu and measles to TB. It will not change my lifestyle if 10 million of you bought the book. It wouldn't change my lifestyle at all. I wear the same old flannel shirt. I wear the same sweatpants I wear to work every day. I do wash them. And it wouldn't change anything. I don't, I don't buy jewelry. I don't need a new car. I need nothing. I did it for you. I did it for you. I made it as cheap as I could. Times best-selling author and expert in epidemiology, Dr. Michael Savage, explains the origins of viruses and their impact in the U.S. with new and resurgent diseases resulting from unregulated immigration and a politicized public health system. Michael Savage sees the need for some changes, starting with the president and the Center for Disease Control telling us the truth. Savage makes his case for the government to enforce travel bans, the use of quarantines, and the importance of proper border screenings. However, this is not a cure or treatment for any of these diseases. With Zika virus, tuberculosis, hepatitis, enterovirus 68, and other new disease threats emerging across the United States, Savage will explain ways to fortify your immune system and defend against these and other diseases. I'll leave it at that. You can look it up or you cannot look it up. You could sit there in your pomposity and think you know it all. Be my guest. It matters not to me what you do. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Back in April of 2019, we were being bombarded by the Honduran flu. And your great president, Obama, decided to flood America with trainloads filled with children infected with the Honduran flu, causing spikes not only in that flu strain, but outbreaks of other diseases as well. You didn't read about that. You didn't hear it from Andy Cooper. And the great CDC did nothing. It's staffed by politicians like the liar Fauci. It was once a great, great, great organization. I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. Remember this, diseases do not discriminate. You could be the most left-wing fanatic. And if there's a bug around, it's going to get you too. It doesn't know you're such a good person who loves illegal aliens and uh, loves everything communistic. You'll die from it just as well as the right winger will. So why don't you pay attention and learn something? Get your head out from underneath the clouds of smoke and listen. Listen very carefully. We are facing an unprecedented assault upon our nation. Now, you may say, oh, this is just right-wing hyperbole. All immigrants, we're all descended from immigrants. Well, that may be true, but it's not true in the sense that when your ancestors came here, if they had a disease, they were stopped at Ellis Island, no doubt, and either sent back to the home country until they got better, or they were quarantined. You know what that word means? Quarantined. They were put into a quarantine and treated for the tuberculosis or whatever illness they may have had. Now, quarantine ended with the advent of the AIDS epidemic owing to the tremendous lobbying of the pressure groups surrounding the AIDS epidemic. When the word quarantine came up, all hell broke loose. All right, so we shouldn't quarantine anyone no matter how bad the disease is, right? Wrong. People are quarantined today in hospitals if they get a strain of tuberculosis that is, uh, um, let us say, incurable at this time. So quarantine does exist even today. Okay. Unfortunately for the rest of America, the damage that has been wrought upon America as a result primarily of Barack Obama and the Democrats simply to stock America with illegal aliens 
primarily from South America and the Middle East for voting purposes and to change the demographics of America away from that of the Caucasian will in the end destroy America as you know it. It will not be a better place. It will be a place like they came from. But in addition to that, in addition to the hell holes that they ran from, which they refused to leave behind psychologically and culturally and socially, we are having many pandemics, many pandemics. You haven't heard about that one, I realize, in the protocols of liberalism. Many pandemics, many pandemics from the delusion that the best interests of the nation are at heart in bringing in as many immigrants as possible. What is clear to all of us is that the best interests at the heart of Democrats is the heart of darkness, bringing in illegal immigrants to vote for them, to suck the social services dry, bringing in illegal immigrant children, harboring viruses and communicable diseases, which I will tell you about specifically. You may not know this, but Barack Obama's desire to put America last has hit our most innocent first. Did you know that in Ohio, California, and Kansas, amongst other states, there have been upsurges in measles outbreaks? Yes, you heard me. Measles outbreaks, but worse than measles, thousands of children in 10 states, Missouri, Kansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Iowa, Colorado, Ohio, Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Georgia, to name some, have become infected as a result of Barack Obama's flooding America with infected children from Central America with a rare respiratory virus not seen in these numbers since the 1960s that is called human enterovirus EVD68. Remember this code, EVD68. This virus, EVD68, is responsible for the paralysis that is occurring in many children in the United States of America who have had no immunity to this virus. The problem for America was that Obama flooded America with children primarily from Honduras where this virus, EVD-68, is endemic. In fact, there is an illness in Honduras called the Honduran flu that is caused by the virus EVD-68. So with this potent formula for disaster, bringing in unaccompanied minors with EVD-68 and other contagious diseases, flooding over our borders, being bussed into our communities by Catholic charities and other uh, organizations, brought into our schools, brought into our hospitals, our children have become infected. So where did EVD-68 originate? And did it enter the United States through the illegal children. Well, that's something to talk about at another time. Bringing in children from Honduras and Central America with this virus harbored in their systems. You see, they may have the virus lying there and they may not be showing the illness. But the kids are then thrown into our public schools. Public schools overrun by illegal students infected with God knows what kind of illnesses. And so we don't know exactly where it came from. But the flood of children from south of the border have brought with them third world diseases that are likely the primary source of this uh, polio-like paralysis that has now become a national problem that is being swept under the rug 
by those at the National Institutes of Health. And I don't even think President Trump understands the connection between the invasion of the illegal children and enterovirus EVD-68. If he did, he might give a talk about it and perhaps use that uh, to stop this, this invasion. The great CDC, which has now become the center for Democrat control, had the nerve to blame the spread of this rare virus on seasonal allergies at the start of the school year. And instead of saying that illegal children should be quarantined, quarantined and treated, or better yet, rounded up, treated and sent back to their home country, these so-called unaccompanied minors, are you listening to me, are put into our schools with running noses, sneezing, coughing, and that's why our children are becoming paralyzed. This all began with Barack Obama. But my friends, it's not the only disease that has resurged that was once eliminated from the United States. Measles is another problem. I'll get back to uh, this one in a few moments. In medical history, measles was first identified as a unique disease by the Persian physician Razi's in the ninth century when he published a text entitled The Book of Smallpox and Measles. You see, measles is an ancient disease that used to have a profound global impact that led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, millions of cases each year. Even the island of Cuba was affected because in the 16th century, a measles epidemic caused the deaths of two-thirds of the population of Cuba in only one year. Two years later, measles killed half the population of Honduras. In the 1850s, a measles outbreak caused the death of 20% of the population of Hawaii. Between 1840 and 1990, measles was thought to have, or it was analyzed, that measles killed about 200 million people worldwide. And what happened then? Well, in the decades before 1963, when a vaccine became available, nearly all children got measles by the time they were 15 years of age. They got it, they suffered with it, and they got over it, right? It's estimated three to four million people in the U.S. were infected with measles every year before vaccination. Also before vaccination, an estimated 400 to 500 people died. 48,000 were hospitalized and 4,000 suffered encephalitis, a swelling of the brain, from measles. What happened then? The measles vaccine was introduced. It is one of the most important public health discoveries and interventions in the past hundred years. John Enders and colleagues used the Edmonston B strain of measles virus to create a vaccine in 1963. In 1968, Maurice Hilleman and his colleagues developed an improved and even weaker va- measles vaccine, the Edmondson Enders strain that has been the only measles vaccine used in the U.S. since 1968. And so even though the complete eradication was not achieved, by the year 2000, the U.S. had no continuous transmission of measles disease for more than 12 months. And measles was declared eliminated in the United States. That was by the year 2000. But now it has resurged. Why? Well, ask your friend Barack Obama about why. If you bring in children from Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala, as they are now pouring over our border. Many of them are infected with measles and they're unvaccinated. Any other questions, you stupid idiots, you? You're committing suicide out of your kindness. Now we're going to talk about other diseases and we're going to talk about the uh, EV, D68, polio-like illness, which I touched on. 
We're going to talk about that in great detail. We're going to tell you what you might do to augment your immune system, how to treat it if you can treat it, because there is no treatment, how you can protect yourself and your children from EV68. Uh, it's a very serious problem. The serious problem could have been stopped. It could have been prevented if only we had a government that thought about the American people first instead of the American people last. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Let me at this time go to a small ebook that I uh, authored a few years ago entitled Diseases Without Borders. Diseases Without Borders. It's inexpensive. It's $2.99. Diseases Without Borders, boosting your immunity against infectious diseases from the flu and measles to tuberculosis by Michael Savage. Dr. Michael Savage, by the way, my PhD is from the University of California at Berkeley in a combined field of epidemiology, human nutrition, and medical botany. Let me read a little bit from Diseases Without Borders for you. And if you find it intriguing, maybe it will help you. You could pick up an e-copy. Your mother knew enough to stay away from people who were sick, right? When flu season approached or when you were feeling a little under the weather, she told you to do certain things that promoted healing. Well, in some ways, my little booklet will be like your mother's advice, only it's written by a PhD scientist. Having published many books on the subject of nutrition and immunity over several decades and having earned my doctorate in nutritional ethnomedicine from the University of California at Berkeley in 1978, I am as or more qualified as anyone in the media to tell you what is known about boosting your immune system against viral illnesses. It's a well-known fact that no medications currently exist on the market that could stop a viral infection. While there are some antiviral drugs, they're not recommended in these cases as a preventative. Those antiviral drugs may be useful in treating serious diseases such as Ebola, but they're definitely of no use to prevent a viral infection. Your best defense is a strong offense, specifically boosting your immune system to lower your susceptibility to infection and disease. That means staying away from illegal aliens. Don't give them mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Don't hug them at the border. Don't pull a Joe Biden on them. So how do you boost your immune system? Well, these are commonsensical techniques, by the way, as any qualified medical doctor will tell you. She would recommend a healthy diet, regular exercise, and sleep, most importantly, as well as stress reduction. We've also heard about hygiene. They're all important, but they don't go deep enough. In this book, Diseases Without Borders, I dig deeper, offering you information on fortifying yourself against viral infections and other diseases. I'll show you how to boost your immune system to maximum levels without using drugs. In fact, for the price of one beer or a glass of wine, this information might just save your life. Let me be very clear. I wrote Diseases Without Borders, and it was designed not to treat or cure influenza or the common cold. It does offer your best bet should you come in contact with any virus, including influenza. I'm talking about fortifying, yes, supercharging your immune system against viral infection. And here you will learn the necessary steps to take to give yourself the greatest chance to ward off the common cold, the flu, and other viral diseases. Now, you might say that the Dr. Savage prescription for good health is the savage truth. My plan is necessary because you must be sufficiently motivated to act before disease strikes, especially as our government officials have botched the basics of disease prevention. Worse, as you will see in this small book, the policies of the current administration 
are aggravating the spread of certain diseases, placing you and your family at unnecessary uh, risk. I'm going to give you a freebie right now, a little piece on, of chapter one from Diseases Without Borders, boosting, boosting Your Immune System, a Kindle book that you can order immediately on Amazon. And it begins, strangely enough, with uh, epidemics from EV, D68, and measles to tuberculosis. Chapter one, Diseases Without Borders, epidemics from EV, D68, and measles to tuberculosis. America is being invaded by deadly viruses. Some will say I'm an alarmist or I'm a thisist or a thatist for making such a provocative statement. Well, they're wrong. The only ist I am is an epidemiologist by training. The fact of the matter is diseases that were either eradicated or previously contained are now threatening you and me thanks to President Obama's failed open borders policy. The liberal media won't tell you that, but I must warn you that your safety, your security and your health are at risk. Why? Because the border is more porous than your grandmother's flower sieve. For 25 years, I've been trying to warn America about the dangers and risks associated with bringing into this nation unscreened, unvaccinated immigrants. Today, this lack of vigilance is causing outbreaks of so-called mystery diseases and illnesses throughout the land. More on that in a moment. You see, Americans once enjoyed the greatest health and health care on Earth. But because the Obama crowd and the leftists in government today are so corrupt, not to mention ignorant about the basics of germ theory. What was once the greatest nation on earth is now on its way to achieving second-rate health status as a nation. Media lapdogs dutifully overlook what this illegal alien invasion of our borders is doing to the health of the nation. An infestation orchestrated by the Obama White House for political reasons. We now have a growing number of cases of TB, measles, dengue fever, hand and foot mouth disease and Chagas disease, all of which were previously controlled or eradicated in the United States of America. We are also encountering new deadly diseases, previously unknown within our borders. You see, for centuries, America has had the protection of her geographic isolation from contagions that had never seen the light of day, be they diseases from the east or the west. We were blessed with geographic isolation from the viral horrors plaguing the third world. Granted, some diseases have been here and were endemic, such as malaria, yellow fever, cryptosporidium, and polio. Thankfully, advances in modern American medicine snuffed out many such epidemics. Today, however, a number of previously conquered diseases are being reintroduced because of this reckless government run by the illegal alien lobby the mafia of the illegal aliens, the leftist Democrat Party, and of course, the Catholic charities and other such so-called religious groups that are hell-bent on obliterating our borders. Frankly, this group of anti-Americans has done everything but personally driven illegals across the border in limousines. It is a well-established fact that the United States Border Patrol agents have been reduced to border babysitters who have been instructed to stand down as hordes of illegals pour over the southern border. In the process, illegals flood in while our agents are exposed to life-threatening diseases and some are testing positive for viruses including H1N1, swine flu, chickenpox, a drug-resistant strain of tuberculosis, which is a bacterial illness, has been introduced to Lynn, Massachusetts, courtesy of these kids, the hordes he brought in from Central America by the trainload under Obama and then sent through unsuspecting communities to change it from white to something else. You think I'm making it up? Talk about community organizing. Don't take my word for it. 
Agent Chris Cabrera, vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, told a news outlet that his border agents are suddenly coming down with diseases this country hasn't seen in decades due to the endless stream of illegals, many of whom are sick with scabies, a contagious skin infection spread by a mite parasite buried under the skin, and tuberculosis, an oftentimes fatal infectious disease which attacks the lungs. Agent Cabrera asserted we had one agent get bacterial pneumonia a couple of days ago. A lot of guys are coming down with scabies or lice from these people. We're having a lot of diseases coming in. Some of them we haven't seen in decades in this country, and we're worried that they're going to start to spread rampant throughout the United States, especially if we're releasing people that have these diseases. What's the translation? All of America is at risk because we have no idea where these illegal immigrants are ending up within the United States of America. Now, I could go on, and I will, about the big chill and government censorship, but I don't think I need to tell you that the government is covering this up. If you've enjoyed this sample of this Kindle book, it's very inexpensive. It's the price of a beer. And I wrote it not to get rich quick, but to get you as secure in your immunity as I could, as quickly as I could, for a few dollars. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. I'm not a voice crying in the wilderness out of nowhere. I've been telling you about this for many years. I warned of it in an ebook that I wrote called Diseases Without Borders, and I've been warning you on the Savage Nation. So here I am going back to 2016. I want you to listen to this. Here is a caller, an Indian doctor, an immigrant Indian doctor in New York City, trying to argue with her about the outbreaks of diseases in the U.S. and where they're coming from. Listen to how obstinate she became. Listen. Savita, go ahead and make your point on the Savage Nation. I am um, from India, an immigrant and a physician. Um, and it, I do not agree with some of your points. Measles will spread wherever there are people exposed to each other. Immigrants have nothing to do with measles. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. You just made a big, you just made a big leap in faith. Measles happens to be endemic in certain nations on the earth. Is that not correct, doctor? Yes, but may I finish my point? No, no, you may not. You may continue in a moment. Because you made a misstatement that was meant to mislead people. Is there a link between measles, the measles outbreak, and illegal immigration? I'm saying yes, and you're saying no. I am saying that measles in, in the state that apparently you are a resident of, where people are not even taking the vaccines that they're supposed to be getting, and you are implying that, the, that your little baby has to have a vaccine because those illegal immigrants are bringing measles is disingenuous. Savita, when did, the measles, when, did me, when did the measles, the incidence of measles, increase in the United States of America? Do you know the answer to that? I'm asking a question since we're having a rational discussion. When did the measles incidence in America, when did the incidence of measles in America increase? Do you happen to know the year? No, I don't know the year. But, but it's your program, and you must have looked it up, and I don't have to know this. But you made a blanket statement as though you had all the answers, because you, you just said that immigrants have nothing to do with the measles epidemic, but you are wrong. Do you know that the enterovirus has a heavy presence in Central and South America? Are you surely aware of that as a doctor, aren't you? Yes, I am. And enterovirus is common in many, many other tropical countries, including the country that I'm from. Yes, they, they are endemic. Look, third world is going to have more infectious diseases. There's no doubt about that. 
And so why are we bringing in infected people from the third world? How does that benefit a nation to do that? Okay, why does it? You are saying that I am no pro Obama person, but for me to, when I, you know, going from one point to another to the third, and somehow getting them all together and calling Obama the corrupt person. Well, but now you're changing the subject. I caught you in a in a mistake, and now you're going back to Obama. I thought we were having a rational scientific discussion. Actually, you just admitted that the incidence of measles is higher in certain nations than others. I said, what sense does it make to bring in infected individuals to the United States of America? What's the answer to that? Okay, you are saying that, in, you said just now, that Somalia, we have been getting 70,000 odd people every year for the last 30 years. I think during that time, Obama has not been the president all along. So what was I didn't say it was Obama. I said it started with Kennedy the drunk. That's what I said. You know, calling people names does not... He was a drunk. He was a well-known drunk. But I... What's wrong with calling a drunk a drunk? He lied to the American people. Long before you were in this country, we had a man named Edward Kennedy who was a liar and a drunk. And when he passed the Immigration Reform Act of 1965, he said that the immigrants that we will bring in will not affect America negatively, and we will not change the demographics of the country, and they will be perfectly fine, and they will become assimilated. He lied about it. Why shouldn't I be outraged? Why shouldn't I point fingers at him? May I say something? Don't play the game like you're in a hospital ward playing the game with me. You've been saying an awful lot, and everything you said made no sense so far. I am being polite. I'm not yelling. I'm saying, may I say something? All right, so many people kill you with politeness. I get it. And many people who are angry are very good people, but they're not polite. And many people who are polite are very evil people. I've met them all my life. The polite ones are the ones who put a knife in your back. How about the uptick in tuberculosis, HIV, hepatitis C and tuberculosis? Where do you think it's coming from, Dr. Savita? Okay. Where it's coming from is in the U.S. There are pockets, inner cities. There are places that people do not have access to health care, and they live in close quarters. HIV epidemic... No, 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 no. You're distorting reality. It is being imported from the third world. And the only way to reduce the incidence is to slam the doors shut and to start deporting infected individuals back to the hellholes they came from. And you'll tell us that it, that measles was endemic in America, that tuberculosis was endemic in America, and the immigrants had nothing to do with it. That's a total falsehood. Okay. Tuberculosis was virtually eradicated in America until approximately the end of the Vietnam War when we were flooded with Indo-Chinese who came here infected with tuberculosis. Are you aware of that? Tuberculosis was endemic in China. But calling, calling people... Name? Again, you're going back to the wrong point. We are having a scientific discussion. You didn't hear a word I just said because you don't want to hear a word I say. Tuberculosis was virtually eradicated in the United States of America until the end of the Vietnam War. And then something happened. And that is the boat people were led into America, mainly Vietnamese and Cambodians, the Indochinese, many of whom were infected with tuberculosis. Are you aware of that? When should the border have been sealed? Because apparently... Well, but now you're changing the subject because you can't answer a single question. I can see how you got your way in the medical world. But you're not going to get your way with me. Because I'm not one of these polite dunces that you've worked over your whole life in the medical world. Now, goodbye and have a nice day and I'll be right back. You can see from that the delusion that they're selling to try to prop up immigration at all costs. 
but I laid out a detailed explanation about what was happening then and why it was happening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Listen, the first was about immigrants and epidemics because of the shocking story that came out from Breitbart, by the way, based upon State Department of Health in Minnesota data that one of every five refugees resettled in Minnesota by the illegitimate, fascistic, lying federal government tested positive for latent tuberculosis in 2014. That means one out of five. And amongst those, 26% of all foreign-born cases of TB in Minnesota were from immigrants from Somalia. And Somalians almost exclusively entered the state through the refugee resettlement program, which is a way of getting around immigration law itself. We are then looking at other diseases brought in by immigrants over the years. Popular radio talk show host Michael Savage, who you are listening to, who holds a doctorate in nutritional ethnomedicine, one of which the major within that is epidemiology, said this. I'm quoting myself now in an early article. The socialist government, media, academia, medical apparatchiks have looked the other way or changed the origin of numerous illnesses which were once eradicated in our once first world nation. Since the massive influx of illegal alien children from Central America who are not being medically screened, the United States has had outbreaks of numerous illnesses that were once eradicated, such as, take notes, doctors, dangerous strains of influenza, tuberculosis, measles, mumps, rubella, smallpox, leprosy, and even malaria. And yet these outbreaks have been covered up by the criminal Obama administration appointees at the CDC, all of whom are committing perjury and should be tried for perjury. Every day the Obama administration continues to violate federal immigration quarantine laws. Infectious diseases will continue to infect the general population and children who are required to go to grammar schools along with the illegal alien children from Central America. If you, like, if you would like some examples, all of you who have your minds made up, on this fine May day, numerous epidemics sweep Central America, and there is an aggressive mosquito that transmits the deadly, the deadly enterovirus, EVD68, and yellow fever, and some infectious diseases are transmitted by insects, including the new spread of dengue fever, which was once eliminated in America. But EVD68 was responsible for at least 14 deaths in the U.S. It also brought around the first cases of paralysis that we had seen in, in decades. I can, I can read you the list about illegal aliens bringing in many infectious diseases into the United States like measles, EVD, 68, dengue, flu, etc. I did. But the children themselves who are coming in are transporting mosquitoes that are carrying very dangerous infectious diseases in their clothing, Catholic charities. The Obama administration continues to flout quarantine laws in order to facilitate the massive illegal entry of illegal aliens through the southern border of the United States. This has created a public health hazard for your child enrolled in grammar schools and for the general public in communities throughout the United States. So the liar-in-chief gets up there at his college speech and talks about the elimination of diseases like polio while ignoring completely the diseases that have been resurg uh, that are resurgent in the country as a result of his criminal immigration policies. Look, I'm an immigrant son, and many of the things that are being said about this wave of immigrants into America were said about my grandfather when he first came here. I, I recognize it 
So I ask myself, is this just nativism and racism, or is there something different about this wave of immigrants uh, from the time that my grandfather came here? And it's not just my grandfather. It could have been Italians. It could have been Irish. They were all spat upon by the general population when they got here. But there was a huge difference at that time. You know what the difference was? All of you uh, socialists out there, we did not have a welfare state. Now, the famous inscription on the Statue of Liberty says, give me your tired, your poor, and your hungry, right? And we say, wow, see that? Even in 19 or whatever, 1904, we were looking to help people from around the world. That's a lie. First of all, there was no welfare state. Zero welfare state at that time, none. There were no food stamps, no government cheese, uh, no welfare at all. The people came here, either they worked or they died. But more importantly... If they showed up at our borders at Ellis Island and they showed any sign of infectious disease, they were either sent back to their country of origin or they were put in quarantine until they were cured of that disease. Moreover, any immigrant coming into America had to show that they had a sponsor who could support them because the government certainly wasn't going to support them. We had a legitimate government then. Now we have an invasive government that may as well be a third world government that has taken over this country to flood us with third worlders to make us less like America and more like the hellholes around the world. And that's how 30 to 40 million Americans see this issue. I'm not the only one. If I was the only one, I wouldn't be on the radio. I wouldn't have lasted a day. But I started my career 22 years ago fundamentally talking about immigrants and epidemics. And it's gone up and down, it's waned and it's waxed, but now it's reached a new crescendo. Now, Donald Trump came along, and he achieved immense popularity by talking about building a wall with Mexico and about banning the uh, Im immigration of Muslims into America until, quote, we can figure this thing out. Why do you think the average American responded to that? Is it because we are inherently uh, bad people, inherently racist, inherently nativist? There may be elements of that. No, it's because we inherently have survival skills we as people inherently know what is good for us and we also can smell a rat when we see a rat even if the rat's wearing clothing and a white collar and many of us understand the danger he is putting us in on a daily basis which again brings us back to the primary question for which i don't think we're going to find an answer which is does he do this out of an altruistic desire to be a man who is good for the world and for his own country or is he doing it for more nefarious reasons, primarily because he hates America and wants to do things to weaken it? That's a question that rages through the minds of millions of Americans. Now, if you still don't believe me, here's a news report from October of last year from liberal ABC 15 in Arizona on diseases coming into Texas from illegal border crossers. You won't hear it anymore, though. That was a year ago. They won't even report it today. Listen. They're seeing crossers with contagious infections. And sources tell me right now, all that's separating the sick from the healthy, this caution tape, and agents tell me that's not enough. We're sending people everywhere, and the average person, the average citizen, doesn't realize what's going on down here. Agent Chris Cabrera's concerns go way past the hundreds of women and children that cross the Rio Grande River every day in southern Texas. We're having an outbreak of... Uh, 
of scabies that it's been going on for a, a month or so now. The illegals will come across or they'll jump that fence. They'll Texas border resident Jorge Garcia says word about the contagious skin infection is getting around. Our Border Patrol comes and checks with us almost on a daily basis here, and they told us about an outbreak of scabies here at the McAllen station. And that's not all. We're starting to see chicken pox. We're starting to see uh, staph infections. We're starting to see different viruses. Garcia believes the viruses are not confined to the detention center. Not long ago, a group of border crossers came knocking on his door. It was a seven-month-old baby. The baby was shaking and cold. It had a, a high fever. We're told the Department of Homeland Security called in the Coast Guard medics. This trailer is just one of many used to treat the sick. They're all contagious. So now we're transporting people to different parts of the state, different parts of the country, and some of these viruses uh, are, are asymptomatic at this point. They're not showing the symptoms. Just the fact that we're exposed to it, and so is everybody else here in South Texas, is a great concern to us. And thousands of those immigrants that were detained, then released, are now spread all over the United States, including Arizona. It's unclear how many were treated for illness. And as of right now, DHS has denied every request I've made to speak to medical staff and take tours of the three facilities right here in Texas that are providing treatment. In McAllen, Texas, Navita Fragani, ABC 15 News. You will hear stories from the illegal immigration front groups and apologists that these disease outbreaks are caused by a lack of vaccinations. But they will not also tell you that illegal immigrants are coming from countries that do not enforce any vaccination program. Borders are not about racism or xenophobia, but about protecting the citizenry of a population against threats, which include disease. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.